You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Content warnings for this episode include heights, flying, falling, war, complex and complicated relationships, pollution, environmental collapse, and references to possession and nightmares. Arc 1, Episode 13, Salt Unbroken, from Self-Eulogy of a Martyr by Connie Chong. The Raya is a flying city perched upon burnished stone. Hunks of mountainous rock hover thousands of feet above the rustling waves, forming a floating archipelago. The structures atop these rocks are bathed in thick, fluffy white clouds. From your vantage point atop the thrash, all you can make out are the massive, craggy bases of these floating stones dripping with vines and moss and leaves. Storm Chaser sails toward the titanic shadows cast by the flying reach. As you approach the Raya, Abasi nods at the leafy waves directly in front of you. Bobbing in the shadows beneath Abasi's home, you see massive stones borne along the branches, jutting from fronds like rocky teeth. Leashed to these stones like horses to a post are various wild sailing ships, ranging from two-person skiffs to 50-person merchant vessels. At the helm, Abasi addresses your party. The shadow docks for ships of the non-flying variety. It's a harbor of sailing stones that follows the Raya wherever it goes. My mother explained the archonautics of it to me once. Something about heat and wind and movement. We'll have to leave Storm Chaser here and get up to the Raya ourselves. Like one of them. And at that, Abasi gestures at various people disembarking from the shadow docks. You see a person with dark skin, long braids, forearm crutches, and a robe of glimmering threads approach the edge of their ship. A wide plank extends straight out for a dozen feet, hovering over the rustling waves. This person walks to the edge of this plank, they push themselves forward with their crutches, and they dive toward the leaves. At the last moment, they extend their arms, and wings unfold from their crutches, connected to a sturdy mechanism on their upper back. And at the same time, a thermal of powerful but gentle wind erupts from the waves beneath them, blowing them up, up, up toward the Raya. This person isn't the only sky sailor, either. All around you, you see people disembarking ships, spreading their wings, riding the thermals, flying upward. You also see groups of people in baskets of woven cane, lifted atop thermal columns by a single massive leaf forming a parachute. These leaf balloons ascend gently but surprisingly quickly, outpaced only by solo flyers doing stunts and twists in midair. Abasi puts a final knot on the rope connecting Storm Chaser to a sailing stone, and then turns to your party with a very wicked grin. Haloed by the massive sun beyond the floating city, Abasi looks born anew. This homecoming is almost joyous enough to make you forget Admiral Kubra's grim, set face, the threat of war at your backs, but not quite enough. And as Storm Chaser nears the Shadow Docks, where do we find each of you now? Starting with Zynan. Zynan is where he has spent most of this trip. He's up in the viewing platform, keeping an eye on all of the people catching all these hot pockets of wind. 
And just kind of remembering when we first met Abasi, how he hopes that she's managed to repair the wings that he might have uh, lightly damaged when they first encountered them. Yeah, I think atop the manticrow's nest, you see this sweeping treetop expanse and huge pockets of shadow before you from the massive floating kingdom of Raya, most of which is bathed in fluffy white clouds. You're high up, but Raya is like thousands of feet in the air. You have to crane your neck on this vantage point to even get a slight glimmer of the silhouette beyond the misty waves above you. Uh, Abasi turns to face the rest of your party and her eyes now fall on Lumira. Where do we find you atop Storm Chaser? I think Lumira is uncharacteristically quiet. I think she's just prepping in the med bay as of right now. She just happened to give like a, what looked like a powder to one of the wild sailors because they were complaining about nausea for whatever reason. You would, she's a bit confused, but like you should, you should have been a sailor for long enough to not let this be a problem anymore. But, um, all right, here, chew on this. And just passes them some type of, like, root that's been ground to, like, a powder. Is this someone on Storm Chaser or someone on, like, a, a nearby passing ship? On Storm Chaser. Cool. So which which uh, which party member are you handing this powder to? Mm, I'll give it to Zynan. <gasps> so Zynan all the way. All the way up in the manticore's nest. Do we see, like, as we zoom in on you, like this little satchel of powder? Yeah, just like it's just like smacking the side of my leg as I'm like climbing. I might have tripped up over my cloak at some point on a couple of rungs because I don't do heights. Here, pop, pop, try this. It's it's all the swing. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Of course. I think we pan away from the manticore's nest to find Sayer now. Where are you on Storm Chaser? Sayer is at the anchor rack towards the back half of the ship, doing his due diligence in lowering the anchor as we port over here. Sayer is in a very good mood. He carries himself with a bit more confidence. His shoulders are back, his chest is out, as if a huge weight had been lifted off of his shoulders. And as he is de-racking this anchor, you see buds of flowers blooming once again out from ashes of burns on branches upon his head from his last fiery outbursts. And while these small flowers are still in buds, the hibiscus, the orchids, the cherry blossoms, amaranth is still intact and budding anew upon his crown. In full bloom are nightshades lining all around the side of his head. And as he's de-racking the anchor, not using the contraption that you actually use to lower the anchor, because he still has not learned, he looks at his shadow playing along the wooden wall of Storm Chaser. He smiles, touches his own hand upon the shadow, and then drops the anchor down. Anchor's down, Abasi! There's a noise as the anchor vanishes past the first canopy of leaves and then hits some branches on the way down. The mechanism was supposed to lower it gently, but bam, it just cracked. (laughs) All the way down, down, down into the depths of the thrash. As you address Abasi, she turns from the helm, uh, puts on that, like, squeezes tight that final knot on that rope that she's using to leash Storm Chaser to that sailing stone and addresses all of you with a big bellowing shout. All right. You four, there is a leaf balloon right over there. The operator's name is Majid. Z is great. Z will take you right up to Aminu Gate. But right now, I just really missed this. See you there. And Abasi hops onto a railing, turns to face your party, salutes, and then tips backward. What are we supposed to? Vanish. They're gone. (laughs) Past the banister 
And then Lumira kind of like still on that rung of the ladder with your, like your head peeking over the manticrow's nest. You see a bossy explode upward, wings splayed, carried upward by a gust of hot wind. They let out a big laughing whoop as they soar up toward the Raya, easily overtaking the other flyers around them. Up in the skies, she looks firmly in her element. Well, that answers that question. Oh, I gotta admit, that's... That was kind of hot, but all right. And just starts crawling back down the rungs, completely slips on the last three and just clunk, like hits the deck. Uh, you do not, <laughs> Sing catches you. As you slip on the final three rungs, you feel weightless and then whoosh, you're caught in strong yet soft arms. And as you look up, uh, you see Sing, that mane of Beautiful white hair shaved on the sides, antlers curved out, cherry blossoms in full bloom. She smiles and gently lowers your feet onto the steady, broadwood slats of Storm Chaser. <laughs> you better watch yourself, Lumi. You're a healer, but very few people could heal like a three-story drop. Maybe you'd be one of them. I mean, why would I ever have to worry when I have someone like you to catch me when I fall? <laughs> You're right. By all means, please go on taking risks. Thank you, Sing. Can you two, uh, I gotta get down off this ladder. Do you want me to catch you too, Zynan? Cause I can. Uh, nope, I'm all right. Why don't you two just- Do you want a platform? I can make a dais and, and lower you. Lumira audibly sighs, steps back, crosses her arms, just like. <sighs> Sayer yells after a bossy and just says, show off. And uh, after he says that, his striking blue eyes catch the moment between Sing and Lumira. And there's a weird quirk on his eyebrow, but he stays silent from now. <gasps> and kind of, <laughs> kind of looks at the rest of striking Nova and goes, so, balloon? I think on that, the four of you are able to locate the leaf balloon in question. It is a large woven basket bobbing atop the waves very close to Storm Chaser. And inside this gondola, you all see an older person with medium brown skin and this thick curly black hair. And Z is sitting next to an extremely complex looking bank of co like consoles and controls. Z is smiling, this big wrinkly smile up at your party and they're gesturing for all of you to hop in. Hello, hello, you must be Princess Zahar's retinue. Please come in, come in, there's room in here for all of you. Don't forget your things, your things. This uh, leaf balloon does have a weight limit, but it, we should be fine. How safe is this really? Extremely, mostly. What's the weight limit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's no one's ever exceeded it before, and believe me, I've carried iron ingots up in this thing, big scrap metals of long sunken ships. Uh, I'm sure four, but there's four of you and me and your pack. Uh, you should be fine, unless you're carrying like an anchor on you. <laughs> but who would do that, right? I need to do some type of role. I need to like look at this, like, yeah. like I need to look at this and like do the calculations in my head, like before I even step foot on this thing. Absolutely. Can I kind of like also be checking it and just kind of like help Lumira go through it? Cause Zidane is just looking at this like, is this a vessel that we should get on? Is this safe? Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, so who's the main person looking and the other person can add like advantage to that person? Yeah, I, I think I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the main Sounds one Sounds good. So edge, I would say uh, sell an edge to me. Sharps, instinct, tides. I'm gonna go sharps as the edge okay. and study as the skill. Makes sense to me and add a, a D6 for how Zynan is helping. If Zynan, you tell me how you're assisting Lumira in analyzing the structural integrity of the leaf balloon. I think he is going through and after spending so much time on Storm Chaser and kind of like getting to know how these ships and things like that are secured here, kind of looking it over and going like, oh yeah, I see how the leaf is actually connected to this and kind of like pointing Lumira to the more structural elements that he can spot as she's looking at probably the more technical side of it. 
Excellent. Okay, yeah. You're just kind of like leaning over, whispering to Lumira. And I think as you do, as you're guiding Lumira in a way, there's a voice in the back of your head that sounds suspiciously like Naeem's. Uh, that just kind of echoes in your head. Just keep an eye on her. Okay, Zai? Lumira, make that roll. Okay, uh, that's a six and two fives. That is a success with a twist. That is a triumph with a twist. Complete success. No drawbacks. Uh, so yeah, you look at this thing and it's kind of like you're you're piecing together a blueprint in your mind, right? Like you're like analyzing like load bearing question. Like we see these things flashing up in front of your eyes as you're taking every piece in. And this leaf balloon is surprisingly very sound and safe. The leaf itself looks quite old, but you have a feeling that it would take a lot more than just slashing at it or hacking at it for it to break or snap. And all of the joints that are like connecting the gondola to the balloon look brand new. They look secure and fastened. Whoever this Majid person is, even though they're being kind of blasé and suspicious, they seem to take really good care of their gondola and of the balloon. And you even get the sense that they're, with a twist, um, messing with you a little bit. But being like, ah, oh, I'm sure it's fine. All right. And the twist that you get, I think, is Majid notices you noticing the gondola. And there's like a moment where like they know that you know that they know that you know and you know that they know that you know. And they just sort of let out a, ha ha, oh, I guess this old person can't hide anything from you, huh? You're going to be fine. Old Leafy and I have done a thousand trips and we'll do a thousand trips more. Come on in. All right. This seems a little sturdy. And as she like walks by, she like does like a little test tug on one of the corners real quick. Yeah, it bobs slightly into the waves. Zidane's actually gonna offer Lumira a hand to just like, even though they're almost the same height, <laughs> just kind of like help hoist her up on the on the balloon. Well, aren't you a gentleman? I have my moments. Sayer, I think, will will step on partially to test the weight limit because he's a big boy and he steps onto the balloon gondola and the weight lowers a little bit seeing that it's sturdy it's fine sayer he looks at you you know he's like he doesn't say anything but he just nods in approval and he kind of like turns over to sing to help her up yeah sing actually is also there hand out (laughs) yeah sing like lets out like a little like toss toss of her wrist at you say you're like Mm -hmm. i'm fine i'm fine Thank you, Zion, and I'm fine. Look, I've always wanted to do something like this, a grand entrance onto the leaf balloon. She Mm -hmm. steps up onto the railing, and then with every step down through the air, like a pink platform appears underneath her boots until she lowers herself gracefully into the gondola. Once she gets to the last two steps, those pink platforms, Lumira will hold her hand out to help her. She takes Lumira's hand such a gentleman. And she like lowers herself in and the final platform shatters into a thousand pink butterflies. I try. Zayden shoots Sierra a look. There is a weird heaviness that suddenly has come upon Sayer's form as these pink butterflies that have shattered from Sing's pink platforms rush towards Sayer's face and almost towards his eyes. He kind of like shakes it off as if shaking off an annoyance. I think one of the butterflies flies right into your face and smacks like a bug into a windshield and then down the face. And Sayer just, uh, I think, notices that Zainan is looking at him. He goes, I'm all right. I'll just keep my antlers down. And he'll like lower his form down to sit and keep his antlers down, but not looking at the rest of the party. For the rest of this balloon ride up, he is looking out instead. Ooh, yeah. I think as all of you get into the gondola, right, uh, and Majid kind of cracks their knuckles and, like, cracks your neck from side to side, and Z lets out a, All right, wild sailors, you may have explored every inch of the verdant sea below, but it ain't nothing compared to the skies above. Hold on to your butt cheeks. Yaha! And they crank a wheel, pull on a lever, smash a button, and stomp on a pedal at the same time. And then the leaf balloon is flying. Uh, it goes straight up like a rubber band. A gust of hot wind erupts upward, puffing the basket up, up, up until your party is 
fully in the air, dozens, hundreds of feet above Storm Chaser, above the Verdant Sea, all these ships and sailing stones and people of the Wild Sea looking like tiny little ant toy versions of themselves. The air up here is so fresh. The wind is so loud. You see flyers and balloons all around you. And then you break through that thick layer of clouds that makes your skin thick and wet and cold and damp. And you see the Raya, a series of floating islands jut from the clouds. Spiraling towers of sun-dried bricks rise atop the tallest peaks, brass bells glimmering in the morning rays. You see buildings of sandstone and granite, bustling market squares with huge sundials as their centerpiece glistening sapphire lakes, limestone courtyards filled with lush vegetation, and of course, the soaring docks of the Raya, where this reaches famous airships can be found. Given the war, there are precious few kingdom ships docked nearby, but plenty of leaf balloons, smaller aircraft, and personal gliders. You also see birds. There are a lot of birds here, flocks of colorful feathers swooping between leaf balloons and flyers, a murder of manticrows hunched in the shadows of a bell tower, winged lizards and squirrels and all kinds of insects. Siren's song was noble and full of heart. The Raya is strong, beautiful, and powerful. As this leaf balloon crests over these thick white clouds, Majid sees your stunned expressions, and Z cracks this big toothy grin. <laughs> First time seeing the floating reach, huh? Yeah, this is amazing. I have never seen anything like this. Yes, this is so beautiful. I think there's like a moment of stunned silence as all of you are just taking in this series of castles in the clouds, and Majid kind of nods, tapping your fingers along the edge of this wicker basket. Ah, yes, yes, I tell you, it never gets old. I've been around for almost a hundred years now, and this sight oh, takes my breath away every time. But what I would give to see all of this through fresh eyes once again. Ah, I love the Raya. It's been my home for as long as I can remember. You can borrow our eyes for just a moment. This is quite something. Look at the architecture. Sayer looks directly at Majid and just says and asks, uh, his eyes glittering with boyish enthusiasm and excitement. And he just asks, those air airships, how, how high do they go? Oh, very high. Thousands of feet. Some of them even claim to touch the twin moons themselves. But I think those sky sailors are full of it. That is really cool. <laughs> oh, I'd like to ride one of them at one point. Well, given that you're buddy-buddy with the princess, maybe you can ask her. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Majid? Sayer and Abasi, I don't... You're not close, are you? And Sing turns and looks at you, Sayer? Um, we hang out sometimes. You do? Oh, I guess I just didn't notice. Oh, but Majid, this place is so beautiful. Look at these animals, look at these birds, these insects the size of birds, birds the size of insects. Oh, and a little like thrumming bird comes by, looks like a hummingbird, except there are two pairs of wings and it looks like a bee's stinger instead of a beak. And they like come towards Sing, like sh she's a freaking Disney princess. And they start to like, like get at the flowers in her hair, like trying to like drink nectar from it. And she laughs and lets out, oh, oh look, they're so friendly here too, they're so, Everything here is just so beautiful and charming. This is the softest Lumira has looked ever. Like pure, unabashed hard eyes, just wow. The thrumming bird hovers for a little bit longer and then flies away off into the mists. And Sing turns around and there is something so radiant and innocent and and beautiful and yearning in their face as their eyes rest briefly upon Sayer, briefly upon Zainan, and then 
longer on Lumira. Beautiful. Prettiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Majid, how much longer until we <clears throat> we reach uh, Ami Aminu Gate, was it? Ah, <clears throat> not much longer. Right there. And Majid, like, pulls some levers, smashes some buttons, flicks some switches, and the leaf balloon floats down toward Aminu Gate, which is a sky dock jutting from the biggest island in this floating archipelago. As this balloon starts to descend gently and dock, and the gate of this basket opens, all of you see a bossy at the edge of this harbor, their back to your party, facing two of their parents. King Zumarud Jadir is a tall, slender man with storm gray eyes and long black hair twisted in twin braids down his back and adorned with golden cuffs. Queen Amin Aliakut is a straight-backed woman with thick, hawk-like eyebrows, very dark skin, and bantu knots. Both of them are wearing these silk robes of a rich, cream-white color and splashes of blue, red, green from various feathers adorning their dress. Yuasi Abasi run forward immediately as soon as she lands, and King Jadir and Queen Aliakut immediately open their arms and the three royals hug very tightly and very strongly for what feels to be a lifetime. Abasi is burying her face into her parents' arms. Mother, Dad, I missed you both so much. And Queen Aliakut pulls away briefly with a kind of severe expression on her face. Abasi Zahar, run away like that again and you will have hells to pay. And at that, King Jadir laughs, placing a hand on the queen's back. <laughs> oh, my sapphire sky. Abasi, what your mother means is we were both so worried for you and we're so relieved you're home safe. Ah, these must be the wild sailors who helped you find your way back to us. Admiral Kubra mentioned them in their latest report. And at that, the three royals turn to face your party. Zainan has approached fairly quickly, picking up the signs that these are clearly Abasi's parents and has removed his hat respectfully and is kind of keeping an eye, trying to stay in step with everyone, but is kind of trying to like visibly try and move everyone closer and closer to kind of like close any other people that might come around, given how excitable everyone was about Abasi's situation. I think Sayer shows his awkwardness pretty obviously. He uh, follows after Zainan's hurried uh, gestures and expression. And as he kind of stands behind most of Strike Team Nova, he shoots Abasi a race look, uh, possibly catching the run away like that again and there'll be hells to pay. Uh, look, just raising an eyebrow at that. But as soon as we're being referred to and addressed, he straightens really awkwardly and nods. What about Lumira? Lumira stepped off of the, like, airlift, kind of still amazed and dazzled. But that's until her eyes settle on Abasi with her parents. And the hug upon seeing each other, like that greeting of familial love and she looks a bit crestfallen and slows to a stop kind of off set of Sayer not exactly acknowledging anything but when she's like directly referenced to she'll nod respectfully with a tight smile uh Lumira Sayer Singh Zainan these are two of my parents King Zumarud Jadir and Queen Amin Alyakut. Zumarud Jadir steps forward with a big smile upon his slender frame. <laughs> oh, please, call me Zumarud. Amin continues standing there with her hands clasped behind her back. Call me Queen Alyakut. My pleasure, your highness. It's an honor. Yes, sir, ma'am. At that, a nod of worry kind of reappears on Abasi's forehead. They're glancing not at the two of you meeting, but over their parents' shoulders at the crowd on the sky docks behind the royals. They seem to be looking for someone. And at that, the queen and the king exchange a look. And Queen Aliakut cuts in. Oh, 
Abasi, if you're looking for your father, the king, he... He regrets to inform you he will not be joining us for this reunion. There is something bitter in the queen's warm voice, wavering on the edge between anger and anxiety. And King Jadir cuts in and sighs in this kind of deep, very worried manner. <sighs> Your father isn't seeing anyone right now, darling. What? What do you mean by that? Mother, where is father? Queen Alyakut's mouth tightens. Your father has locked himself in his study and refuses to come out. He's been this way since he, well, since he declared war. What? B but I'm back. We need to stop him. Didn't Sahim send word? His daughter is back and she is safe. King Jadir looks sad. We received the Admiral's missive, my Midnight Star. But your father, he... He won't come out for anything, you see. It's not just you. What? But I'm his daughter! Doesn't he care that I'm safe? You all must have thought I was kidnapped. Does that mean nothing to him? Queen Alyakut closes her eyes, exhales sharply, and puts a hand on Abasi's shoulder. I am sorry, Abasi. A dark mood has taken over your father. She looks like she wants to say more, but hesitates with your audience. And she turns to each of you, seeming to look for something within each of your eyes, something trustworthy. What does the queen find as she pierces each of you with that hawk-like gaze? Starting with Sayer. Sayer's eyes throughout this conversation dart towards Abasi especially as they seem more and more distraught at her father not showing up. And it looks like he's about to step forward to reassure Abasi. And then he hears the dark mood that has come over the king and his eyes snap over towards the queen. And behind his eyes, there's a glimmer of of darkness itself, of, of recognition of what's staring into the dark, the tempting, the dangerous, looks like. Mm. Queen Alyakut takes this in, those hawk-like eyes narrowing for a fraction of a second. She sees the genuine concern you have for her daughter, and she sees that strange dark resonance you have with whatever condition has struck her other husband that she kind of lets slip. And then her eyes slide over to Zynan. What does she find there? There's a concern that I would imagine she's seen fairly recently in the eyes of her husband standing next to her of loss and concern about Abasi. And though the reunion here is a joyful one, there is still a tension in Zynan's eyes that the fear isn't gone and the reason he blurted out to the admiral wasn't just the admiral was something to look at that there's a need to fix this because there are kids at stake doesn't matter how much of an adult Abasi is mm. the queen sees your paternal concern in your gaze, this like staunch determination to fix the wrongs. She seems satisfied with what she sees in your gaze, Zynan, before her eyes flick over to Lumira. I think for all intents of purpose, Lumira's body language is giving agent, right? Like how she normally carries herself, but if you look in her eyes, there's a longing, a lostness behind them to an extent as well, and definitely some sadness, but a fierce determination of trying her hardest to cover that mask. So it's just kind of like a swirl of different 
emotions behind her eyes. She can't hide that as well as she can her fidgeting. Yeah, the queen seems to lock upon that determination that's flashing in your eyes, this need to prove yourself in a real, tangible way. And then she kind of takes a step back to really appraise your whole party, her eyes falling on Sing last and lingering on Sing the longest. And she eventually seems to find what she's looking for. You all get the sense that her discerning nature is a great boon to the Raya. And it would certainly be a mistake to cast her out of the decision-making process like King Zahar has. Hmm. I see. Someone who shares my parental concerns. Someone who understands the darkness that is at stake. Someone who knows what it means to prove themselves. And someone with a great burden placed upon her shoulders. You've rallied a good crew with you, Abasi. Fates guide us. Never before has my husband's ambition, his greed, gone so unchecked. Abasi, your father will not listen to anyone. He will not hear counsel from Zumarud or myself. His compassion, his balance, his sense of justice has been lost. It has been devoured by this new, incomprehensible desire for war. I think he thinks there is strength in this, a way to help his reach, but Amin trails off, shaking her head. King Zumarud rests a hand on his wife's back, holding her gently, and it becomes clear instantly that his strength is, of course, his love. It's gotten worse since you left, Abasi, this dark ambition. But there is an opportunity for all of us to speak at last. The Tournament of Heirs is scheduled to have its farewell banquet in a few days. Your father will be attending that event, so he can give closing remarks. We can talk to him then. And then King Zumarud's gaze flicks to all of you very keenly. I hope all of you will be able to join us there. You will have seats of honor, of course, for bringing our child back to us. And Admiral Kubra, of course, has spoken very highly of all of you. And for a brief moment, his gaze rests on Zainan a touch longer than the rest. And then he goes on to say, perhaps you might help our King Zahar see a new perspective, the same way you are miraculously halted those warships. It was just reason. The Admiral is wise. No one wants this war. The Queen cuts in with a curt nod at what both of you said, addresses you, Sayer. You speak the truth. Sayer, was it? No one here wants the war. It is a most unpopular decision, but... Well, Abasi, your father's decisions have never led us astray before. There are some willing to do what he says, if only because of his reliable track record. But I know something is wrong, something is amiss, we must talk him down. How long, your majesty, has he been this way? King Zumarud lets out a deep, long-suffering sigh. Oh, my husband has been in a sword for months now. It must have been months ago that this first started. We didn't truly notice at first because it's only gotten worse in more recent weeks. He is a busy king. He is always going on hunts, scouting missions, diplomatic meetings. I, somewhere in there, these past few months, he started acting strange. The uh, Admiral expressed and was willing to stake their honor on stepping in and not immediately following through because this war sounds more dangerous than it is helpful to the strength of your kingdom. I'm inclined to agree with you, Zainan. Admiral Kubra is most wise, has certainly earned their accolades through merit and determination. <sighs> oh, the four of you come from Siren's Song, yes? Where is Amergen? We, uh... Upon the Queen's sudden question? Yeah, you, you get the sense that even though the Admiral has reported back about like, oh, Abasi's coming your way, no need to worry, the heir is not kidnapped, you get the sense that they kind of kept their word and 
didn't share even directly to the king and the queen about Amrjan's missing nature. Sayer looks at Zaiden. <laughs> Zaiden, who is just like, ah, okay, good, but also terrifying. How do I say this? Uh, and he thinks back to the promise that he broke, but for only the most sincerest reasons to the queen of Siren's song. Uh, and he wants to do right by Queen Hylian. We are not able to impart that information given the tension between your two kingdoms. I hope you take no offense to that. I'm gonna need you to roll for that, Zynan. Yeah, 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 to yeah, see yeah. If yeah. she does take no offense <laughs> to that. Uh, so. How, uh, Kai, you tell me what, you, what you're gonna do, and then I'm gonna figure out if in at all if I can help like what I can add and supplement to that. You've seen all the foot and mouth that's going to be happening to help with that situation. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to be straight with you. All I have are physical abilities and tides. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I would say this would be a grace or sharps or veils okay. roll. So if you have any of those... I will take okay, a grace. Okay, because you're being, like, elegant here. You're being, like, you know, yeah. socially yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, skills? And outwit? Okay. Is that a... Yeah, okay. That's sneak, infiltrate, deceive. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Outwit. Sure, roll that. Lumira, if you'd like to help and add advantage, tell me how you're assisting. And or Sayer. I might have a way. Ooh, yeah, that gives my brain time to think. Sure, uh, <laughs> you got it, Sayer, come at me. I think Sayer steps forward and leans on the thing that he is good at, which is saying how he feels. And uh, he just says, we came to help. We helped with Abasi. None of us want this war, your majesty. Whatever information we impart or choose not to, I promise it's because we would just want to help. Mm. Okay, I think that's fairly convincing. I think that gives advantage. Sure. So add another D6 to that pool, Kai. Tell me what you got. Okay, I have a question, though, because I know that we all got yes? auto successes. Are you, do you want to spend your so auto success? I would like to spend an auto okay. This is when to spend it. <laughs> this is the time. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, an auto crit in my books on the Wild Sea means a triumph with a twist. Uh, a, a positive twist. So, yes, the queen looks at your party very severely, and for a second, she is like an unreadable, impenetrable wall. And then she lets out a sigh, and those defenses drop a little bit, and she nods. As much as I do not like having access to all information in my own reach, I do understand the delicate situation we find ourselves in, and I do understand that it is my reach that has declared war on the reach you come from. So I know that there is fraught tension between all of us. And the twist I would like to give is, as she raises her gaze to meet all of you again, you see a new burgeoning respect in her eyes that was not there before. Like genuine, actual respect for your party and the decision you made to keep the secret. And even like telling her there is a secret, I can't tell you, right? She she respects that choice. And she goes on to say, your loyalty to Queen Hylian has not gone unnoticed. A good quality to have, especially when tensions are brewing. We offer the same to uh, Abasi and to you both. Thank you. That is appreciated, and we will endeavor to return the same respect to you in kind. Now, are there any other questions you would like to ask me or my husband, or are we ready to have the royal tour? Just a few additional quick ones, your highness. Certainly. Now, when you said the king locked himself up, you said he's always busy. Has he ever made any mentions of any of his workings? Do you talk about your day at the dinner table? Do you happen to hear him mumbling off to himself while he's in the study when you walk by to bring him his evening tea? Anything along the lines of that? King Jadir is the one who answers. He's uh, kind of rubbing his fingers together in a a very open display of worry. 
As of late, my husband has taken to eating his dinners alone in his study. He won't even join me or Amin at the table. But in between then, and even before then, we would always get little glimpses, little snatches of him muttering about power, about uh, strength, a show of strength. He seems determined to prove the Wild Sea's power. He seems convinced that this will help with all the calamities that are happening. I have not a doubt in my mind that my husband's heart is in the right place, but for some reason, the way he's going about it is all, it's all wrong. Where do you think this need came from? Right, that's what I'm thinking. And his common associates. When you spend a lot of time with people after a certain extended period, sometimes even unwillingly they're Habits, ideals tend to rub off on you yourself. Were there any relatively unsavory people that he would be around? They narrow their eyes and they think a little bit, and then the queen responds to you with a uh, a hesitant and then more confident. No, none that I can think of. He is mostly alone. He he self isolates nowadays. He has been for quite a few months. Something that is interesting, though, is my husband hasn't been going on nearly as many expeditions as he used to before this dark mood struck him. He used to go out all the time, you understand, scouting expeditions, diplomatic missions, all of that. But now he's just trapped himself in his own mind, in his own dark mood. So, in fact, it's much the opposite of what you have suggested. He's pulled away instead of fraternizing with unsavory sorts. King Jadir kind of taps his finger on his chin, stroking a little bit of stubble there that's grown. It looks like it's out of anxiety and worry, like he hasn't been shaving very well recently from stress. Uh, You know who might know the answer to that, though? Um, Lieutenant Commander Jinying Rafiq. She is the one who, in lieu of the Admiral now being sent out because of war, she is the one who would know the most about the King's comings and goings as uh, his second-in-command, Sky Warrior. Duly noted. Thank you. You're very welcome. I believe you can find the Lieutenant Commander most days now in the Sky Warrior arena training. Lumira will slowly and hesitantly also kind of like peeved a bit but she does make eye contact with Sayer, her eyebrows raise. Sarah meets her gaze. Kind of like a you understanding of what you have to do now. Mm-hmm. Sarah's known you for many years. He knows when you're asking him to do something with just your eyes. And he nods and looks over towards uh, Abasi and, uh, uh, <laughs> and just uh, raises an eyebrow. And finally, his gaze falls onto his shadow, where all this talk about dark moods, isolation. And as he looks upon his shadow, looks back towards the queen and says, Understood, your majesty. We will endeavor and try to speak with them. Mm. Sayer, you see your shadow ripple its fingers independently of you once, clenching it into a fist and then let go. None of the rest of you noticed this, right? It's only because you were looking at your shadow. Look back at the queen and nod. And Singh steps forward at this juncture, actually, and just brings up a, oh, yes, before we go on this lovely tour, no doubt, I just have a quick question. I believe there should be another guest in the royal quarters, uh, someone by the name of uh, Prin Himsu Hyun, I believe. All of us were very interested in meeting them, and I was wondering where is a good place to catch them or a good way to to talk to them, perhaps. And the queen at that blinks and says, who? Uh, Oh, yes, 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 the scion of mind. Uh, They've been, uh, they've been a consummate guest, if a bit idiosyncratic, I suppose, during these difficult times. They have mostly been keeping to themselves through all of this, giving us the space we need to manage everything in the wake of our rulers. Well, like I said, dark moods. To their credit, they appear mostly unbothered by everything that's been happening, but they should share the same guest quarters as all of you. I would be surprised if you didn't bump into them at least once or twice during your stay here. I see. Thank you. 
and Sing just gives like a slight curtsy and steps back. As she does though, she uh, bumps her hip a little bit against uh, Sayir and raises her eyebrows at you. And then like over at Lumira, kind of giving you that like unseen twin telepathy that's like, Oh, like, I saw that look Lumi shot you. Like, are things getting better between the two of you? Like, there's like a little, and you get all of that just through her eyes as she steps back. Sayer looks at Sing and just communicates with a, a shrug of like, I don't know, but I know my place and that is I better make sure I don't piss her off more. Yeah, she gets all of that from a shrug. Yep. Yeah, I think King uh, Jadir cuts in and says, well then, uh, in addition to the Sky Warrior Arena, all of you are welcome to explore our best offerings here on Aminu Isle. The Hanging Gardens, of course, are always a beautiful place for guests to visit. And some of you might be interested in the Triforodon Stables. A bossy I know Squall has been itching to be reunited with you. Oh, Squall! Yes! Oh, I gotta take a ride on him again! I've missed him! I've missed his old little mug! Yes, we have to go to the stables at some point. Oh, everyone, are we ready to, you know, go drop our bags off so we can get to the stables and I can meet my Triforodon again? I would love to meet your Triforodon. Yeah, he would love to meet you! I'll just stand outside this, the... wherever they're at. Oh, well, you wouldn't really be able to stand outside of where they're at because you would fall. A very long way. But you're welcome to come if you want, or not. If Triforodons aren't your thing, but, you know, they're everyone's thing, because, come on, they're Triforodons! Will it mess up my boots? Yes. Then no. That is fair! All right, Zai, you and me! You got it, Abasi. Uh, princess. <sighs> Abasi's fine. And then Abasi sees her mom give her a look and says, Princess! Abasi is fine. Yep. So you're, uh, kind of was about to like do the thing that he does with the bossy where he shoulder checks her, realizes the room that he's in and sees that check towards a bossy and he like stops mid movement. Yeah, I'll join you, princess. Sure. Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, we're, we're gonna do the thing. We're gonna go to the arena and then mm. the stables and we'll figure it out. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Okay, we'll Dad, either way. It's good to be back. Uh, and Abasi lets out a big nod, splays her arms out, right? Flexes her wings and they, the feathers go back into the gauntlets. And I think the royals uh, go off to start giving you all a tour of the royal palace. And I think as you set off and as we close on the scene, Sing just kind of leans into all of you and just lets out in like a very loud whisper. What the heck is a Triforodon? We're gonna find out. That's why I did not even want to go to find out in the first place. It's gonna be so cool. Lumira's eyes just cut over to Sayer at that, like. He's so excited. He, you probably have not seen him this excited uh, since you have arrived in the Wild Sea and he saw the Wild sailor, Sailors for the first time. He's so excited and happy. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Charles, Cora Eckert, Brooke Bright, River, Chiakres, Lex Slater, Scrofasis, Hat, Alex, Mark J, Lyle and Peanut, Spencer, Brooke in Seattle, Aria, Derek Davidson, Phil, Jordan, Cassidy, and Rose. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds!